And do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong in a bag of wheat by your bed. <laughs> Tillywinks, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finkerton. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome Medical Stuff. My name is Mark. Yes, I am actually Mark Frankham. And that is Chris. We don't know who the hell he is. Fingston, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. And I want to say I'm sounding much better this week, obviously. <laughs> There's, um, I sound less like an asshole, you know? I'm smarter. <laughs> My voice is, is definitely more attractive. How do you feel about Spencer? Who? Because last week he was the best thing ever. Who? <laughs> Okay, well, there we go. I guess we understand where we're standing. <laughs> oh, now. is that that guy that does what is that like hindsight, perfect vision, some wannabe? <laughs> that show they accidentally named after the year? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which, and, you know, uh, is about as good as the year is going. Right. <laughs> Quite frankly, I would say that would be a compliment because at least people know about the year. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right, actually, a little bit about um, going to pull back the veil, if you will. We're going to break the fourth wall. We're going to Deadpool for just a second here. Um, we are. On EMS 2020, I will say it has been a struggle because when we came up with that name, that was 2019 and 2020 was not <laughs> as notorious as it was. And we were just thinking 2020 <laughs> vision and we didn't realize right. how imperative the slash in the name 2020 was going to become. Because I think a lot of people are just sitting there like, man. 2020 is a fucked up year. There's a whole podcast about it. Let's go check out what EMS is doing. <laughs> hey, you know what? If it gets you extra listeners. <laughs> oh, quite frankly, I mean, that's why that's why it's EMS 2020, all about porn and fried chicken is the actual full name. <laughs> so, so how you been, man? You doing good? I, I'm maxed out between, yeah, just between like two jobs, two podcasts, uh, kids, all that stuff. I am a little... Maxed out, if you couldn't tell by our uh, pre-show talk. Now, our pre-show talk, by the way, was supposed to be going, fuck, damn it, fucking Mike, stupid mixer. No, Mark, it's not you. You're fine. All right, let's just go. Hey, you, let's just go. Hey, you want me to? No, it's not you. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to do something nice, I'm sure. Oh, God. Well, today, uh, in light, and here's the thing, I think the best, I also got to admit, I listened to the last episode, and it was actually really good, and I was a little bit sad about that. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, be honest. The editing, how bad did it suck? I, uh, I mean, it was functional. I just there's a, there's like some stuff where it sounded like, especially like, all right, hang on, let me try this again. And he just left it in, and then you didn't trim the end. There's just both of you going, uh, all right, yeah, uh, no, no, go ahead and hit stop record. All right, man. Thankfully, yeah. there wasn't anything like, uh, you know, you guys didn't start talking about so kind right. of porn you watching. Like that didn't come over. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, the, I mean. It was fine. The, um, if you really want to, honestly, your guys' voices weren't equalized in volume very well. So I was driving yeah. and I had to turn it up whenever Spence was talking, which honestly, let's admit, kind of a bonus just, if we can't hear Spence that much. <laughs> well, actually, because it was weird. When I was listening to it, they sounded equal volume. So yeah. I'll have to work on that in future skills. The hard part is, uh, and I used to have that problem too, headphones do that to you. 
in in for oh. some odd reason in headphones, I just don't notice the volume difference, so I rely on the waveform. I only notice it like when oh. I'm driving, and I think what it is because headphones give you a richer sound. Um, so I I don't know, but anyway, yeah. so today today is a little bit of a grab bag. We're going to talk about whatever. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of paramedic story time. I think I have one that was that was not only funny, but it also I think kind of highlights the. Uh, how how like when you're a paramedic, you're a detective. And that's one of the things I love so much about the job mm. is that you oh, yeah. get to be a detective. And then I got another especially, one. Especially your, when you're the one that finds the thing that like that aha thing that everybody goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> or in this case, maybe that thing that makes you think I'm not that good at this job. But either way, <laughs> either way. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm going to talk uh, a oh, go ahead. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll leave the second one as a surprise. No foreshadowing. So I'm going to be. I'm, I have also have a uh, recent story that I was going to relay, just because I'm like, to me, it's more of a statement of just what people are willing to do. You know, nice. sometimes. Um, Damn it! What was that? I have no idea what you're talking about. I heard a noise. Uh, And then I've also just got some uh, medical oddities. So this is, like Chris says, kind of a grab bag. We were kind of crunched for time. I will say we have been, our both of our lives have been kind of hectic lately. You know what's a little bit weird, though, and maybe maybe uh, slightly offensive? Is that people tend to really like the shows that we don't prepare very well for. So maybe... (laughs) Like that's, these always end up being like our most listened to episodes where we just don't prepare. And then people are like, right. this is my kind of episode. I'm like, fuck. Like, no, really? That was 90% bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're not even really paramedics. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've got just uh, some medical oddities, some stuff that I kind of looked up that <clears throat> kind of caught my eye just uh, to explaining some uh, different types of medical things that you don't usually hear talked about. Yeah, little fact, a couple of those. Mark is actually a podiatrist and I work at a Krispy Kreme. Like, we're not qualified whatsoever to talk about EMS. Yeah, I um, actually met him because he was having foot problems due to uh, stepping on hot donuts. Yeah, that's actually that's that's actually a problem. Like, don't 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 belittle <laughs> that. That's hot. no, 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 no. I'm no. just saying that's how we met. It's called you know. uh, yeah. It, it's called uh, plantar thermic reactions uh, with fried <laughs> uh, yeast. <laughs> yeah, so you actually get the combination of the burn and the yeast infection in between the toes. I actually, I actually think yeast uh, is it needs to be. Uh, I I have no fucking idea. I don't bake. Why am I trying to talk about donuts? Um, so I'll tell okay, you what, are we qualified to talk about anything we talk about, Chris? I mean, probably why we, not. Why are we cutting the line at bakery? Probably not. I will say this. So uh, a long time ago, I was at an auction house, and so one of the running jokes this is going to be a divergence. Sorry, people, a divergence from the showy from nothing. Really, we're tangenting from nothing into more nothing right now. But um, <laughs> I was at an auction house and once with some family and the gal in front of us started having a seizure and it just full blown like clonic tonic, like oh shit. And so of course uh, me and the family member I'm with, like we're both paramedics and we just kind of look at each other like, God damn it. And uh, <laughs> we start, <laughs> we start doing our thing. And uh, sure enough, this guy comes up and says, uh, yeah, and one of the running jokes in EMS, like, yeah, there was a doctor on scene, but it was a podiatrist, which podiatrists right. work on feet, in case you couldn't tell by our earlier stellar humor. Um, my fun story is the uh, pulmonologist who tried to take over my scene. So, right. So, we're on scene, and uh, <laughs> this uh, doctor comes up, and we're he goes, hey, I'm a doctor. Can I help? And my family member goes, well, what kind of doctor are you? And he goes, oh, I'm a podiatrist. 
And, the, and my family member laughs. So he goes, ha! <laughs> thinking he knows the joke. He must be an ER physician. And he goes, no, I'm actually a podiatrist. She's like, oh. <laughs> I think we're good, Doc. Thanks. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was. Well, here's what I appreciated about him. He was like, hey, I, can I help? And we're like, I, I, I think we're all right. I think we had him like hold a jaw thrust. And he was right. totes content. In no way yeah. did he try and like run the scene. In oh, no, no way. He was just like. of the doctor's. Outside of their medical practice or their clinical setting, they do not want to be there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They will fake be making English a second language to get out of it. And I'm just like, dude, you have a Texas accent. Anyway, um, so I'll kind of dive right into my uh, first story here, Mark, if that's all right, unless you have a plan. No. Nah, I know we don't have a plan. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> so this is kind of one of those calls that uh, it makes you double check yourself like, am I am I crazy? Uh, so we get called code three, that's licensed sirens, uh, to a care facility. Now this is a care facility that is technically independent living. And I want to say there's a little bit, so there's differences in care facilities. You have just a range. There's everything from an adult foster home, uh, which is adults that, uh, typically are not their own power of attorney. They typically have someone either they are a ward of the state or there's somebody else who speaks for them. That's more your adult foster home. Then you have things like, Assisted living, which is where they try and offer the patient or the resident as much independence as possible, but they get assistance with things like making appointments, taking their medications. Um, right. They don't generally they have their own. They have their own little apartment where they can prepare their own food, but they also have a cafeteria downstairs or a dining hall downstairs where they can go get meals. Yeah, and then you have uh, things like independent living, which is really just like a large apartment complex with elderly people mm -hmm. in it that have access to like some of those things are a little more convenient or they do things like they'll have uh, bus trips to and from the grocery store. So this is a facility that has an assisted side and an independent side. And mm -hmm. although they're supposed to be separate, really that it's all the same. <laughs> it's uh, it's right. just the same place. But anyway, so we get called there to a gal who's mostly independent, uh, but does require help with her medications or rather uh, a med aide usually comes in and says, Hey, time to take your medications, Margie. You take them all. She's like, yeah, I did. Anyway, med aide goes in to check on her and say, Hey, Margie, I don't remember what her actual name was and I wouldn't say it if I did, but, uh, it's like, Hey, Margie. And then Margie's just kind of sitting on the, uh, on the chair and it's like, uh, just not really speaking. And it's kind of like blue in the face. And so she's like, Margie, Margie. And then uh, Margie's like, uh, and then uh, she's like, what's going on? She goes, oh, my chest pain is just not that great. So they're like, oh, shit, it's called 911. <laughs> so we get there. You're burying the lead, Marge. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> so we get there. And keep in mind, here's another little thing you've heard to say us on EMS 2020. When we tell these stories, we actually change a lot to protect privacy. So some of this, I might be lying a little bit. Some of it, I'm mm -hmm. not. But anyway. Uh, the good points, I'm not. But anyway, so I get it. We get on scene. Me and my partner start strolling up, and the, this aide meets us at the door. And she's like, oh, wait, who are you guys here for? And I'm like, well, I don't know the name, but I gave her a room number. I'm like, room number, you know, 217. And uh, she's like, I knew she was going to go today. And I'm like, explain. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. So what? <laughs> is there like a betting pool I can get in yeah, on? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, so she goes, she goes, yeah, she's been complaining of chest pain all day. And I'm like. Well, it's 7 p.m., so <laughs> maybe we should have started before it became chest pain all day. Like, chest pain for 10 minutes would have been fine. You know, like, right. 
But anyway, so we, we get up there and uh, I walk in and Margie is cyanotic, which means blue. She's blue around the lips. <laughs> My partner sees it as well. And I'm like, meh, fuck. And Has she been cyanotic all day? Right. Well, ex- exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm like, hey, has she been blue like this? She's been having trouble breathing. And they're like, one of them's like, yeah. And the other one was like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, you guys are making up answers now. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's throw a pulse ox on her. And uh, the pulse ox doesn't want to read. And I'm like, just go ahead and start putting some oxygen on her and let's get some lung sounds. Because uh, here, here, here's kind of where I'm at um, as a paramedic. You get a lot of paramedics to get really fixated on wanting a number. And numbers are important. They're great for trending. But if you walk in and you have a patient who's clearly cyanotic, you really don't need that room air sat, in my opinion. 82. Blue is 82. Yeah. They, yeah. Blue is not good enough. Uh, so right. <laughs> blue is needs oxygen. So I'm like, yeah, yeah let's just throw a non rebreather on her and we'll wait for the pulse ox to catch up and we'll be good from there. So partner starts listening to lung sounds and my partner is an EMT basic, which means, which basically the difference between a basic and a medic is uh, basics have a kind of more limited scope of practice. They can't do mm-hmm. certain interventions. Like they can't put in like a, an endotracheal tube, which is a tube that goes down the trachea. Uh, there's a lot of medications they can't give, but their assessment capabilities are pretty much on par with what ours are with the, probably I would say the exception of things like EKGs. But when it comes to things like lung sounds and blood pressures and vital signs, they're trained to recognize the same patterns and trends that we are. So, and he's a guy that I trust. I've worked with him before. He's a smart dude. And he goes and he listens to lung sounds and he gives me, he says, they, they sound like they got like maybe some slight like crackling in the bases. But not other than that, she's moving good air. Like it's not really a lot of air that's right. not moving. And then the sat monitor comes back at like 82, 83% with a good pleth wave. Yeah, good. Blue 82, blue 82. <laughs> Solid work, man. Uh, but it rapidly climbs like 82, 84, 89, 90, 100%. I'm like, that's weird. And she's not cyanotic anymore. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, huh, from 82 to 100% with just a non rebreather mask. That's Mm -hmm. normally, I I would say usually, now that that can happen, it totally can. But I would say oftentimes when I see sats in the low, in the low 80s or lower, there's usually some other problem I have to correct, whether it's bronchoconstriction and I got to correct that with a bronchodilator like albuterol, which is typically what's in your inhaler or your nebulizers, or I have to apply CPAP, uh, which is basically just a mask that applies a lot of pressure that makes uh, keeping the alveoli in the lungs open a lot easier. And Mm -hmm. so... Those are kind of the different things that I anticipate doing. In this case, she just kind of shot right up there and she did great. I'm like, huh. And this is kind of the time where the fire department rolls around on scene. And I'm like, so she was totally blue. They're like, oh, okay. And they're just not believing. I mean, they're not saying they're not believing, but I think they're looking at me like I just overreacted. And I'm like, fuck, but she was right. so blue. And I look at my partner. Ma'am, I apologize. I'm going to have to take this oxygen off of you for a few minutes. I have a point to make with the fire department. <laughs> well, <laughs> or so I thought. So... The crackles, he, my partner kind of hurt. So the patient has a history of congestive heart failure, actually has a DNR slash pulse form, which says, hey, don't do CPR on me. And then I want to say it was comfort measures only. So basically it's like, hey, don't do chest compressions on me. Just keep me comfortable. And now comfortable can mean a lot. Sometimes that indicates starting an IV. Some patients don't want an IV. Some patients right. like, hey, just put a mask on me and take me to the hospital and they can give me a prescription for some pain meds or morphine or something until I die. And that's what they want. They don't want an IV because for some people, IVs are traumatic and painful. Other people don't give a shit. 
This lady didn't give a shit. I'm like, hey, ma'am, so here's our option. She's like, yeah, start the IV. It's fine. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, the, the goal is to keep you comfortable. However, whatever path the patient sees to get to comfort, I'm down for as long as it's legal and ethical. So, uh, so we take off the, the, the NRB, put her back on a nasal cannula. And I'm like, that's non rebreather. Yes, not non rebreather. Yeah. A non rebreather mask is that full on face mask. And get her on the gurney. And I'm like, well, she's going to deset now. Now, here's the thing. I don't really don't play this game. I don't really not like, I, I don't feel the need to prove to anybody. But I'm also sitting here super curious as to why she was low on, her sets were low in the first place. I'm like, mm-hmm. this just isn't making a ton of sense to me. And then her sats don't drop. They maybe go down to <laughs> 98%. And I'm talking. She's talking in full <clears throat> sentences. We do a 12-lead EKG just because she was complaining of some chest pain. And it's negative for AMI. And now there's nothing fucking wrong with her. So we're in the elevator. I look at my partner. I'm like, you saw blue too, right? He's like, yeah, I totally saw a blue patient. I'm like, huh? And now we're loading her in the ambulance. And I just disconnect the portable oxygen, put it back in the bag, and her sats stay high. She's now on no oxygen. So now I'm just like, the fuck is going on? So so I go to start an IV and get the IV, which was surprising to me because her veins were not great. Uh, and I was mm-hmm. a little bit drunk, so I couldn't even see straight. And I'm kidding. I was not drunk. Uh, do not condone that. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm like, God, this is just weird. And I'm sitting there. I'm starting the IV and I finish the IV and I look over. Sats, 90%, 88, 87 and I look at her and she's getting blue again. I'm like, fuck. And so I go to grab a non-rebreather. Sweet vindication. <laughs> and I'm like, but, but still, I don't know what's wrong with her. Like, what the hell is going on? There's no, I got nothing for this. And then I go to grab the NRV. And as I pull the nasal candy off her face, she kind of moves and stirs. And her eyes open. And for the first time, I look at her eyes and their pinpoint, her pupils. So this is just what I call the patented spaceman hands. And that's where all of a sudden she kind of startles awake. And this is what all super stoned people do. They put their hands in front of them and they look at them as if they're floating in space, like everything's moving in zero G. And it's like this look like, are these my hands or are these my uh, dog's hands? She's watching the tracers. Exactly. Like I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, she's stoned out of her mind. That's what's going mm-hmm. on. So let's kind of back up. This is what happened. She'd been complaining of chest pain all day. Oh, so I asked her, I'm like, ma'am, do you take any pain meds? Because on her Mars sheet, which is basically a list of medications and when she received them, she has some Tylenol, but nothing hard hitting. Apparently, mm-hmm. at some point throughout the day, she complained of chest pain. And she said one of the med aides came and gave her an aspirin. That's what the med aide told her it was. Hmm. I'm going to guess... Twas not an aspirin. <laughs> so they, sl- they slipped her a Mickey. Yeah. Some of us like, shut up, Margie, and gave her something. Or it was just an honest mistake. Like she has PRN, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like aspirin or Tylenol, whatever it was, and Medaid crabs the wrong one. But now it comes together. So if you think about it, she got something that made her really stoned. One of the things that happens mm-hmm. when you take a narcotic pain medication, such as oxycodone, hydrocodone, or morphine, or fentanyl. Roxanol. Rox, yeah, roxanol is basically liquid morphine. It's um, Yeah, 20 milligrams per cc. Yeah, and it uh, works wonders. And sometimes too many wonders. <coughs> but anyway, so she got, she got some sort of medication. And one of the things that will happen with these medications, and this is the reason people overdose on them, is it tells your brain – Hey, bro, you don't need as much oxygen as you think you do. I know, I know. 
but just go ahead and stop breathing. You don't need to breathe as much. And then. Well, we talked about in our heroin episode, our drug street drugs. Yeah. That was originally one of, they looked on that as a benefit. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Yeah. In the case of people who have terminal uh, lung disease, such as, or they have like terminal heart disease that causes frequent pulmonary edema, which is a fluid buildup in the lungs. Uh, giving them something that makes them not feel like they're dying of suffocation all the time, that's a benefit. So what happens is these people just don't feel like they have to breathe as much. So the full story ended up being is that Margie complained of chest pain. Margie got some pain medicine to help her with that. That also like slowed down her breathing. So when we get in there, she's blue. She has no narcotics on her Mars sheet, so we weren't tipped off that way. I did... Something bad is the end of my shift. And I took shortcuts. I took paramedic shortcuts in the sense of I didn't step back and do my full exam. Uh, and what I missed was uh, events leading up and last oral intake, in which case, had I asked those questions a little more thoroughly, I would have gotten that, hey, OK, you've been having chest pain all day. What have you tried to do to fix that? Which is a really good question to ask. And then I would have learned. But I didn't. I had to discover it the fun way. So. She got this medication. It caused her stats to drop. We walk in there. She's blue. We start throwing masks on her face and listening to her. This arouses her and she wakes up a bit and breathes more and fix her, fixes her own low SAO2. We get her in the back of the ambulance. We start an IV, which a poke in the arm for her after whatever the hell pill she got wasn't arousing enough. And she kind of starts to nod off again. Her body, that drug kind of goes back to being like, all right, body, don't. Don't breathe. It's fine. And her sats drop until I wake her up again. So anyway, that was kind of a fun story. I just had to tell it like nothing crazy happened, but it is kind of like is that cool detective work that we get to do and how even I would say perfect paramedics like myself can occasionally miss things. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um. Spence just called. He can record this week. So uh, we're going to stop here. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, under, I understand. If the quality is too high, then people are going to expect this even when I'm not here. I get it. I get it. <clears throat> um, so my, fun, my, my story is a recent call I went on. Mm-hmm. And um, so huffing. Oh, Right. Like huffing and puffing when you're angry. Wait, is this the story where there are like three pigs and three houses involved? Because I've heard this before. And I think you're ruining it. God damn it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead and tell us about the next story. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, I did go to a uh, call at a local transit center and there was somebody under the bridge cussing and screaming or cussing and swearing at everybody that was walking over the top. Yeah. And so I get there and there's us and a couple cops and. He's still under the bridge, and we're, we talk. We talk for a few minutes, and finally, I go. So, uh, who's going to get three Billy Goats gruff? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, my brain went the exact same spot. Right. One person on scene knew what I was talking about. That hurts. And uh, he started laughing. I looked at everybody else. I'm like, A, thank you for laughing. And B, really? Nobody else? Three Billy Goats Gruff? That, no, you have to talk to my my next brother. That that kind of hurts. I just looked at us like we were stupid. And I'm like, dude, we're cool. We're the cool ones here, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, huffing. <laughs> and puffing. For those of you who don't know what huffing is, huffing is generally where you take an, uh, a spray. Uh, a lot of times it's uh, – well, some of the most common stuff is uh, paint. Ooh. They'll go and buy cans of spray paint. Predominantly, the gold and the silver seem to be 
the most popular. And you can tell what the person is predilect to is a, their predilection is, is because they will have it on their shoes and they will have it on their face and they'll have it on their hands and the color they prefer. So you take the spray, uh, you take a brown paper sack, you take some piece of cloth, you put a piece of cloth inside the brown paper sack, you saturate it with the spray, then you cover your mouth and nose with the bag and inhale the toxic contents out of the bag. But don't do this, please. No, no, no. <laughs> this is not recommended treatment for anything. This is really, this is the point of addiction. I was explaining it to somebody the other day. I said, if you get to the point where you're huffing, generally you're at the point of addiction where you've made the decision. Because in every addiction, uh, there comes a point where there has to be a, a, a decision made. I'm either going to stop this destructive path and I'm going to, I don't want to die and I'm going to make changes. I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to get serious about it. Or the patient does not choose that path and they choose to continue down the path they're on, which leads, you know, eventually to death. Yeah. Well, so, there's also, there's also another angle to kind of look at that too. And I, I agree with you, but when it comes to having paint or uh, another one is like compressed air, uh, I, I feel like, by the way, we're giving away like all the keys to the castle here. Um, and by the way, here's how you make air. meth. But anyway, uh, so, um, but when it comes <laughs> to having paint or compressed air, sometimes there, there are a section of people that see that as lesser because they're not purchasing an illegal substance. And there's a caveat in that in, in the sense that they can tell themselves, well, I mean, I, I may be an addict, but, you know, at least at least I'm not there like buying drugs. I'm just going to the hardware store. Um, yeah, but every huffer I've ever met. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> they're 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 getting to the bottom of the of the that's they true. don't have the money for the real drugs that's true uh you know or for the street drugs or however you want to refer to them you know and they're getting down because this is cheap yeah these are the same this is the same level uh with the alcoholics who are drinking the listerine yeah no the very cheap true mouthwash very true i see what you're know. saying there <clears throat> so like i said but it can be just about anything that's sprayed uh, paint is very, very common because it's easily accessible. I knew a guy who huffed to lean, which is an engine degreaser and cleaner. You know. Wow. And as opposed to like marijuana, mm -hmm. which there are definite bad side effects of marijuana or alcohol, the same thing, that there, there can be detriments to ingesting those. How they affect you for your intoxication is that they're actually stimulating your dopamine and your cannabinoid re uh, receptors in your brain. So they're doing that to cause a euphoria. Cannabinoid or cannaboid? Cannaboid. Uh, hold on, whichever one's right. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you'll post about it on Facebook later which one's <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, but what you're doing is you're basically stimulating receptors that are already already in your in your brain is you know is the point. Whereas when you're doing when you're huffing things, you're actually getting your high from just killing waves of brain cells. Oh, good. Yeah, it's it's a very dis. I mean, it's a primarily destructive form. This of is high. like the S and M of getting high. Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, you know, not like the horse people S and M, <laughs> but uh. You know. Now, if you are a horse uh, person, S and M, we applaud you for being your freaky self. But just be safe. Yeah, no, let your freak fly. Hey, when you I say horse this more people, the level of the person being swung around by hooks stuck through their back. Oh, but you know, I've seen people that do that, and I think never mind. 
No, no. Actually, I think that uh, they're definitely expressing themselves. As long as they're doing it in a clinically safe way, there's a lot of know, room for infection them. when you start penetrating. There is a skin. lot of room for infection. Yeah. Anyway, huffing. Uh, <laughs> Huff the magic so, dragon. Lived by the hardware store and frolicked in the uh, So, Chris, if I had to ask you, what do you think would be the top three things a patient would be huffing? Oh, I what okay. Would you say? Uh, I'm gonna. Oof, or, uh, I'll change, I'm gonna change the question real quick. Back to my call. If you rolled up on scene and you knew the patient was huffing something, what would be your, your first three guesses on, hmm, maybe it's this? Uh, so I would start I'd start with paint. Uh, next up, right. I would say glue. And then there's been kind oh, of a good rise. One, good one. Uh, there's been kind of a rise recently in um, uh, compressed air. I don't get that one. I'm going to have to look that one up. What would compressed air do for you? Uh, one of the propellants in there just gets you high. It, it's kind of similar to a whippet. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking of more like just having like an air compressor in your garage. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like the canned air you buy at like an office store. <laughs> Someone's got You're like one like of stuff the- you usually clean your, you clean your keyboard with and stuff like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like someone taking the thing that fills up a tire and jamming it up a nostril and just going whole ham on. I got to tell you, your compressed air makes much more sense than mine. <laughs> this really comes together. Um, so yeah, those are my top three. Uh, or maybe something like, um, I don't know, maybe instead of compressed air, it might be something more along the lines of like a like a paint thinner. Okay, that's a little bit closer, but yes. Uh, bee and wasp killer. What? <laughs> A can of bee and you know, like the ones you like spray from 10 foot away. So is this like a real thing or is this someone so desperate? They're just like, I want to see if I somebody, can get high. Somebody's so desperate. Okay. Somebody's so desperate. Someone just I found mean, a substance. Like, let's see if I can get This high. isn't a trend and it never should be a trend because you're literally inhaling poison. Oh my God. But here's the, here's the next double down point. And we had, a, my partner and I had a conversation about this after the call. <clears throat> it, the can is so old, it's rusted. Wow. So he found this. I said, "Well, if you think about it, if it's that old, it's probably past any sort of efficacy date." Yeah. So at that point, the poison or whatever's in there is going to start breaking down and becoming less potent. Efficacy, by the way, is basically how well something works, like a drug. Right. You know. So you could potentially gain or have less side effects from the fact that the poison isn't as potent. But what has it broken down into and what kind of destruction has been done to the inside of the can that's now part of the inhalant? Right. Uh, That's a good point. So, yeah, that was what we were talking about after the call. And like, so he, cause I mean, it literally could have eaten through the plastic. Generally, these cans have a plastic liner that protects the can from rusting while it's, you know, still good. And so then you, if it did, then you get into, is the inside of the can rusting? And is he now, in, is he now inhaling particles of rust? Yeah. And who the fuck knows? Because we did not find the brown paper sack with the sock in it or whatever piece of cloth in there. Wow. We're so just giving he... all the instructions today. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I, I think that, I think our crowd can handle information. Oh, and by the without, way. like. I don't think they're the, the the Tide Pod Eater kind of crowd. That, that That's true. We do have an intelligent crowd. But, and because yeah. of that, next up, we're actually going to talk about how to build a pipe bomb and sneak into an airport. <laughs> so, first. 
kidding. Today on Look Medical Stuff, we're going to be reviewing the uh, Anarchist Cookbook. Right. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, actually, you have a copy of that. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, fun fact, if you buy one new, they generally want ID with it. <laughs> oh, I, I imagine. <clears throat> for for the government wants to track said copy. I found it at a, a garage sale. Nice. Yeah. Found your mom at a garage was, sale. Oh, what? never mind. Just move on. We're good. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy, he um, not only did, but then again, I mean, we, we talked earlier about the level of desperation that was, <laughs> excuse me. Desperate. <laughs> that was going on here. Um. Why don't you he also had huge uh, abscesses sense. on both wrists where he'd been injecting stuff. Been out riding fences. <laughs> We've lost Chris for too long. Crystal Bond and subbing in Chris and subbing in Spencer. <laughs> uh, like he just, <laughs> I call. <laughs> he, he's been waiting on the other line. So yeah, uh, but no, this guy had uh, huge abscesses on both wrists. One of them was uh, wrapped in gauze. And a wrist uh, guard, and was uh, postulating. Ooh, kind of love that word. One were, <laughs> and then the other one was just there was two of them right next to each other, right over veins that he'd been trying to inject stuff into. So this guy literally, unfortunately, is at that point where you know he's uh, that desperate that he's going to find anything he can in the garage to try and get high. God damn. That is and sad. he was unconscious the entire time. It is sad. That I mean, is to, sad. I, I don't know this guy's path. I don't know what's brought him here. Mm. But here's where we are. Yeah. And here's so. kind of one of the things. So let's uh, – this is turn the chair backwards, sit on it, turn my hat backwards kind of talk. Oh, you're ooh, you're talking to the kids. You know them. You're I'm cool. trying to relate. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you know, seriously, one of the things is it gets really easy, I think, to look down on people with addictions and look down on addicts. Um, is people making horrible, terrible choices. And they are. Ultimately, mm -hmm. you, you make this choice. But what you have to understand is that addiction, like anything else, is a disease. And it's a disease that is brought on usually at some point in this person's life, from the moment they're born to now, something that really isn't their fault. Whether it's how they were raised, the environment that they're in, uh, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> predisposition to certain things, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where we can't sit there and judge people all the time. Now, that, that's not to say that, I mean, ultimately, responsibility does lie with them to change their life. No one else can want to change your life bad enough to make it happen. you got to be the one to want to do it. I get right. that. But understanding that uh, we make that harder when we judge people uh, for the addictions that they have, and don't see it for the disease that it is, it becomes a lot harder for these people to want to seek help. Because it's really, mm -hmm. really hard to want to get out there and admit you have a problem when doing so basically just banishes you to a land of admonishment and, um, you know, embarrassment, really. So, right. anyway, that's just kind of my little uh, two-second spiel on, uh, on addiction is uh, be kind, be understanding, well and try and support the best you can. I mean, don't... Don't burn yourself out. Uh, you know, don't let an addict control your life as well. Uh, but at the right. same time, <clears throat> understand them, how they got there. Let them know there. that you still. Let them know you still love them. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's not a lack of love. It's just that you know you need to. We both need to figure out how we can help you make better decisions. But legitimately, until that person makes a decision that that gets to that point and makes that decision and says, "I don't want to continue down this path," and they 
and that's an internal conversation. It's not even external. It's not an, in, it's not a, you know, that is a conversation they have to have with themselves before they're serious about it. Yeah. You know, and before they're willing to do the work because addiction is rough. It will teach you to justify anything. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it's anyway, moving on. What's your next story, man? Do you have another one? Yeah. So I do. This is actually kind of a conglomeration of uh, different stories. So it may have we mentioned that that I'm a flight medic. Did we talk about that at all? No. no. Gotcha. So <laughs> look, here's the thing. All paramedics are heroes in their own right. Some of us are just more heroic than others. And <laughs> real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to go across. I'm trying to find the message real quick because I think this is a perfect chance to, uh, I actually can't even keep a straight face through this. Uh, <laughs> another bit of real. Did you see the message from the person who asked us what we look like? Mm, you and don't want to open that can of worms. Well, because apparently, and I'm trying to find who you were. I look like Seth, in his mind. I look like Seth Rogen or Seth, yeah, Rogen. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Seth Rogen, comedian. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was thinking Joe Rogan when I said Seth Rogen. I was thinking so. Seth MacFarlane. I'm like <clears throat> nothing like Seth MacFarlane. You don't look like. No, you were like. Um, some, you were somebody hot. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? Yes. You were. Yeah. It Find was that like, message. Like, I need it. <laughs> Um, yeah it was i'm like how come i'm seth brogan and he's some hot dude i'm trying to yeah i have to try and find it probably chris hem chris hem fuck me no definitely not chris hemsworth no it was more like a uh it was jake gyllenhaal that's who it was perfect he's a good looking guy i'll 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 he's a good looking guy you know, and it's not that Seth Rogen's like ugly, you know, hard to look at, but you know, come on, yeah, this never go well for me. It, so, but you anyway. know what though, like <clears throat> Seth Rogen though, I mean, that's not bad to be Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be Seth Rogen than Joe Rogan. That, ooh, yeah, uh, uh, and that's not even a dig on Joe Rogan. It's just a preference between the two. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm with him, man. I like Joe Rogan. He's got a good show. I'm glad, yeah. you know, he really just like his work ethic is so strong and I admire that about yeah. the guy. Um, but Seth Rogan, I mean, come on, fucking hilarious. So, yes. yeah. And, 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 and we all know if you can make people laugh, that, that will go farther than your looks ever will. Right. So, so Chris, the Jake Gyllenhaal of the sky, the Jake In fact, could you have your uh, could you have your uh, flight suit just uh, reflected that like, you did Chris, Jake Gyllenhaal of the skies? Finkston. You did not need to feed me that. Like I've already got the Kristamon <laughs> thing going on, man. Like you, this is not this is not good for me. Like this is this is bad. Uh, okay, so. Right, so so I so I am a flight medic. I'm actually based on the coast of Oregon, and uh, and actually I do want to clarify here. This is one of the things I will say: um, don't ever let a flight medic act like they're better than a ground medic. They are two completely different fucking jobs. And I will tell you this: there are flight paramedics out there that if you made them a ground paramedic, they're just going to murder people left and right. <laughs> Here's one of the things about being a flight medic: yes, the scope of practice is technically expanded, sure, but as a flight medic. Uh, with very few exceptions, you get to walk onto a scene that someone else has already started for you. 
And usually a lot of the stuff is done, even if maybe they haven't figured out exactly what's going on or they've gone down a path that turned out to be wrong. That in and of itself is super helpful because now, you know, that's not the answer. <laughs> Let's go the other direction. So <clears throat> flight medics sometimes let it get in their head that it's because they're so great. That's how they figure these things out. No, it's not. It's that someone else just fucked up before you fucked up. That's all it is. If it was you, you would have fucked up probably worse because you're not used to walking in on a scene where nothing's done and starting from ground zero. Gun to my head, if I had to keep one job, my ground or my flight job, I would keep my flight job. But I would be super fucking sad about it because I love my ground job. It's a different job. And there's just amazing things you get to do when you're that first on scene, start with nothing kind of stuff that you just don't see as much in the flight medicine side. Rant over. That being said, I'm on the coast. I'm super cool. I'm in a helicopter. So <laughs> summertime's <laughs> out. And in spite of COVID, we've had a, just a boatload of people uh, hit the beaches. And one of the things that, have been, that has been happening has been some drownings have been going on. We've seen a few this year. Did they actually come in boats? Um, well, boats are involved. You said a boatload of yeah, them. Yeah, actually, that's super accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Un unintentionally accurate. So one of the things that's been happening a little bit is we get a lot of drownings out on the ocean. And I want to talk a little bit about drowning in the first place. So as we kind of hit the summer months, I want to kind of put out some warnings in there because uh, some of the worst calls I've been on both ground medic uh, and now flight medic have all been due uh, to drowning. And we need to be careful around water. And I know it seems obvious, but let's talk about drowning in the first place. First of all, drowning is not a loud event. Drowning is a quiet event that sneaks up on people. I think a lot of us expect that when someone starts drowning, they're splashing and save me, I'm drowning and all that stuff. That's not what it's like. When someone drowns, it's usually because they've been swimming, 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 and they're exhausted. And what ends up happening is they can't, they lack the physical energy to get their head above water. And that's either due to their own personal exhaustion in still water, like a lake where they just can't get themselves above water and they've exhausted themselves, or something like an ocean where there's waves upon waves upon waves and the world's strongest human being could not get their own head above water. And that can happen. Or, or they get caught in a... Um that's the one that pulls you out the to see the sneaker wave. That, Riptide. There you go. Yeah, that's basically where you have tide that comes in, but the water underneath the surface is actually going out. And so it just it basically it pulls your feet one way and pushes your body down and then drags you out. So the top part pushes you back. The bottom part of the water, I guess, if this makes any sense, pulls you under and you get dead. So, um, but it's a quiet event. So what ends up happening is you get these exhausted people that sink underwater. And if you weren't looking, you would never know it happened. And so a lot of drownings happen this way where people go missing suddenly in a lake. You're like, how does someone go missing in a lake? What are you doing? Hiding behind a wave? Like that doesn't make any sense. It's still water. How do you go missing? And that's how everyone's swimming and someone quietly gets tired. Calling out for help is even too much or people are too far away or there's boats running and they just sink under the water and that's it. So when you're out this summer in the water, Keep eyes on your children. Keep eyes on people because drowning sneaks up. But now let's talk a little bit about saltwater drowning and why saltwater drownings are different. So saltwater, as it turns out, is poison. Um, saltwater. Oh, it's horrible for you. No, it's and it's terrible for your lungs. Uh, so mm -hmm. one of the things that can happen is – so typically uh, in a drowning, when you are deprived of oxygen – uh, you hold your breath for so long and then you can't and then sometimes uh, water gets inhaled and that's what ends up happening there is water in your lungs is not good. In fresh water, that's not good, 
but it's not as bad as salt water. So oftentimes what can happen is even if you're only underwater for a handful of seconds, if you inadvertently inhale salt water, which can happen in a wavy ocean, you think your head's above water, you go to inhale, you get splashed in the face with a wave. Uh, people in saltwater ocean drownings end up actually inhaling a lot more water in a shorter period of time than those in freshwater drownings. And the problem with saltwater is that once the salt water gets in, the salt actually in the salt water starts drawing fluid from your body and pulling it into your lungs. So even after salt water has been expelled for the lungs through coughing or chest compressions or suction through an endotracheal tube, the salt remains and the salt continues to drown their patient, the drown the patient in the water from their own body. So salt water drownings are particularly vicious for a couple reasons. Uh, one, the person often, and in a couple cases, the person comes out of the water conscious and alert. Mm-hmm. But they're sitting there saying, I just can't seem to get any air. And they've got a glass calcoma scale score of 15, which, by the way, is top notch. Mark and I are 15 right now, maybe 14. Uh, but Mark and I are both 15s right now. That's a conscious, alert, and oriented person. And then all of a sudden, they just they, they just they can't breathe. And what's happening is literally that salt will sit there and flood the lungs with the person's uh, own uh, bodily fluids make it sound like it's pee in there. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, and that's one of the reasons that salt water drownings are so terrible. Another reason that- Well, it'll actually draw water out of your yeah, body. It will. Try and, it'll try and stabilize it. Your body always wants to be in a, in a state of balance. Absolutely. So typically- uh, the fluid in your in your body, or I guess an equivalent to that, would be water with about 0.9% sodium chloride in it, which is basically 0.9% salt. So less than 1% salt uh, in water is about the same as the fluid you would find in your body. The problem with salt water from the from the ocean is that that it's much much greater than that much much greater concentration. Uh, so what your body will do is it will take the greater is it will see the water that dumps into your lungs is at a greater concentration of salt to water. It'll be like a three or a four percent, and so your body will naturally. What happens actually? This has nothing to do with your body. If you actually just dump these things in a container together, it would do this. Um, but uh, water will start shifting from your from your cells from your vasculature into the salt water to get it closer to that 0.9% by trying to dilute it. Unfortunately, your lungs don't want water, but there's nothing you can do about it because it's a physical process. It's physics. Water will follow salt. It's just how it works. Whether you want it to or not, whether your body needs it to or not, that's what's going to happen. So that's what happens in these drowning. The other thing too is there's sand involved. So sand, if you thought water was bad for your lungs, it turns out sand isn't good for your lungs either. I know you might think I'm a scientist by making such a profound statement, but sand in your lungs is bad. And basically what it boils down to is this. And, and you may have already guessed this, but inside your lungs, you have these uh, things called alveoli. Alveoli look like grapes, uh, but they are these little sacks of air. And that is where the actual exchange of oxygen into your blood takes place. So as you breathe in, these little tiny sacks inside your lungs all fill up with air. And then oxygen will pass uh, through a small barrier in there into the bloodstream. And carbon dioxide will pass from the bloodstream into the sack to be exhaled. Uh, mm -hmm. You throw a grain of sand in there. And sand will basically destroy alveoli in droves. So... What ends up happening a lot of times is 
these patients, they inhale sand, they inhale salt, they get to the hospital and it becomes so difficult to oxygenate these patients because even though you can push mm-hmm. air in and out of their lungs, even once you draw all the fluid out of there and this <sighs> terrible salt process has stopped, you still have physical damage to the lungs. And unfortunately, when scar tissue forms, the scar tissue isn't functional for oxygen exchange into the blood. So a lot of times, patients in saltwater drownings that have inhaled a large amount of sand end up needing lung transplants. And until they can get a lung oh, wow. transplant, they end up on they end up on a machine called an ECMO machine, which stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. When it basically what that means is an ECMO blech, an ECMO machine is an external lung. Now this is different than say what they call like an iron lung or an artificial lung. Iron lungs and artificial lungs are basically ventilators. They all they do is move air in and out. An ECMO they were like the very first ventilators where. They didn't have the technology down to being able to breathe through a tube. They did more external manipulation. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, the person laid inside them and the machine helped them breathe. Exactly. Now, uh, this <clears throat> and that process uh, company uh, basically facilitates the physical movement, movement of air. Or like we're using something called a bag valve mask. If you've ever seen that where someone has a bag over somebody's mouth and they're squeezing it to breathe, that assists with ventilation. That just moves air in and out. What an ECMO machine does is it actually takes the blood out of the body, oxygenates it, and then returns it back to the body. And that's the main difference. So ECMO, extracorporeal, means out of your body. And then uh, membrane oxygenation. Membrane is basically just a thin barrier, much like you see in the lungs. And oxygenation is oxygenation, adds oxygen to the blood. So that is an ECMO machine. So, yeah, uh, saltwater drownings on the beach are especially deadly, uh, more deadly than freshwater or pool drownings for those exact reasons. So if you're going to the beach, one, stop it, COVID. But if you are, um, (laughs) be aware of just how dangerous drowning can be. So... Uh, Mark, you got anything else? I think we're, I think you did, didn't you? Or- yes, I got one. I've got one last thing. It's not, uh, it's not a story. It's just a, a medical oddity that caught my eye. All right. Uh, <clears throat> polydactyl. Is this like a pterodactyl? Please tell me we're talking about dinosaurs. Are we talking about dinosaurs? Come on, dinosaurs. We're not. <laughs> All right. With that, <laughs> we have a whole lot of out. medical information on dinosaurs. So, what's that? But have you seen the, um, Tweets from Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. Somebody's built a Jurassic Park thing. Oh, my God. It's awesome. Yeah. They are hilarious. God, it's hilarious. <laughs> Whatever it was, uh, all the dinosaurs have synced up their menstrual cycles. So, yeah, that's a great thing. Right. And then as a response, like, apparently people are telling us that they lay eggs and they don't have menstrual cycles. Well, then how do you explain the blood everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, my favorite thing is like, hey, there's free Joe in the co- in the cafeteria. Don't be concerned, but you should all get to the cafeteria now. And then the next one is get to the cafeteria now. Free Jello, no dinosaurs. Then uh, what it was a. Uh, uh, we also have a really kicking uh, insect museum. Not that any of you care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, polydactyl. So this is a condition in which a person is born with extra finger and extra toe. Ooh, neat. Yes. Uh, it's usually a hereditary condition. Uh, it's almost a sporadic, it's mostly a sporadic cause. So it's not like a, I have it, you're going to have it. It's more like a recessive gene or there's something else interacting. 
Uh, this comes on during ge- uh, gestation where initially when you're uh, forming in the uterus, your hands are paddles. And then about six or eight weeks uh, in, the fingers actually split apart. And what's happening is an extra finger is splitting. Oh. And uh, it's usually treated by surgery. A uh, little, uh, not little known fact, but necessarily if you remember, if you, anybody here remembers the TV show or movie MASH, the uh, character Radar had this. Oh, wow. Did not and, know uh, the actor or the character himself? The actor. Oh, wow. The actor. So that's why a lot of times you saw him carrying a key, uh, a clipboard or something, or, you know, he didn't show necessarily show both of his hands most of the time. So, so here's some facts. It is more common in African-Americans. Oh, interesting. Uh, as opposed to a uh, general population of one in about a thousand occurrence, it's a uh, one in 150 occurrence in African-Americans, which sucks. Hmm. Uh, the right hand and the left foot are the most commonly affected, which that's, seems that's, huh. oddly specific to me. Yeah, but, that's fascinating. Uh, and uh, the hands are more commonly affected than the feet. And then men are more commonly affected than women. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So there's uh, three types. Uh, there's uh, post-axial, which what do you think that means? Uh, post-axial. Post-after. Axial would be, if you're talking like the axial skeleton, that would be kind of like your central supporting skeleton. So post-axial... Oof, I would say it's like a lateral digit, like something that forms in kind of like the outside of the hand or the outside of the foot. Ooh, nailed it. Nice. Yes. Nailed it. Ooh. It's probably that flight medicine. Christo Bond really is back. <laughs> so is Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> the Jake Gyllenhaal, these guys. Uh, preaxial. Mr. Smarty Pants. Say pro- that's probably one that occurred. J- just going opposite, it's probably one where it's uh, it's it's in the middle of the group of fingers or toes. In the middle of them? Or or not on the Oof. outside. You're on the thumb. Thumb side or big toes. Yeah, you're on the into- inside. On the inside. Central. Central would be in the middle. Nah, dang it. Yeah? Yeah, good so, point. It, it was just something I thought was interesting. A little kind of add-on on the end there. I didn't really have a whole lot on Look, it. Let's just face it. it. I'm uh, going to edit that to where I'm right in both of those. So, <laughs> should we just record that now, where you nail them, where you nail them both? And I mean, we don't need to. I can back. record it after you're gone, so it's not a big deal. So, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just cut some, some film of you. Uh, con- I yeah. really need to start listening to these, these <laughs> edited versions. For all you know, like this entire show is just you getting on there and offering people money left and right based off of like bizarre cuts. <laughs> like, I Mark prank them. We'll give everyone five million dollars. You know, like that's just every episode. Or, or are you like waxing poetic for most of the show? Me just doing monosyllabic grunts in the background and, and you know? applauding all the time. Exactly. As me. Oh, Chris, funny. Chris, make me laughy laugh. <laughs> oh goodness! Like half a step above Neanderthal. Well, I hope that I hope that this uh, half a step. <laughs> It's a lot of credit there, my friend. Uh, anyway, so I hope that this episode um, made you guys all realize what it is that I bring to every single episode, every single day. <laughs> I know you guys missed me. And uh, I know you're glad that I'm back. Because let's face it, they tried to pretend that I was there last time and it fooled nobody. 
So what I thought about afterwards, I'm thinking, I was thought maybe this would have worked good also, because I like the way the last podcast went. Podcast went. It's actually a really but good show. But when I did the intro. Huh? It's actually a really good show. Yeah. I laughed a lot. You guys uh, are pretty funny. <laughs> uh I was thinking afterwards, I was like, oh, it might have also been good if it had been like, hey, my name is Mark, blah, 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 and this is Chris, blah, 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 Finkston. And Spencer just goes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only acknowledgement through the whole show for the rest of the show we play as your Chris. <laughs> that would be funny. But you missed that yeah. opportunity. So, yes. uh, not something that happens. Because, well, Chris wasn't here to bring that home for exactly. me. Exactly. You know what? I also missed another opportunity on the show. I'm glad you're finally learning, Mark. Um, but anyway... <laughs> God. So I lost what I missed one other opportunity too. The purple urinary bag syndrome could be a flying purple peer eater. Oh, that actually makes me laugh yeah. a lot. I, and it's cheesy, <laughs> and I know, but I like it. Yeah. Um, or even a flying purple people eater. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Medical stuff doesn't coming need on strong me. at the end. <laughs> coming on strong at the end of the show here. Man. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that, that I will go ahead and point out, if you guys have the opportunity, go ahead and check out EMS twenty twenty. One of the things that have uh, has been a little bit fascinating. We have a large following of medical stuff uh, people that have come over uh, and listened to EMS twenty twenty uh, as well that are not in the paramedic profession and they still like the show. It is definitely geared more towards paramedics, but. Uh, yeah, if hey. you haven't given it a shot, education a shot. is education. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I think people just like to hear the. Uh, so we had a call where we got a javelin through his face, and this is what we did. But uh, <laughs> next week, or I guess actually this week on Wednesday, we're going to be releasing our first ever collab episode with uh, with a doctor. Oh wow! Yeah, we have a doctor who's coming on. It's going to be Doctor Sites from oh. Sites and Sirens. Uh, it's a oh, nice. yeah EMT uh, test prep. Um, Cool. company so yeah he's going to be on uh with us he's going to talk about our last call which is you know apparently you guys really really like because it's kind of controversial spencer and i went one way and not everyone agrees with us so wow anyway, yeah i know hard to believe they dare cross cristobal <laughs> the jake gyllenhaal of the skies yeah i don't know it's uh <laughs> seems like a bad move but people still try i, I don't know you know mark <laughs> if people didn't make mistakes you and i wouldn't have a job Good point. Yeah. Good point. So, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, get a hold of us on social media. We're on Twitter at MedSideStuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. We're on Instagram at MedicalStuff52, and we are on uh, Facebook at MedicalStuff. If you'd like to send us an email, please do. We're at MedSideStuff at Yahoo.com. And that, for me, is probably just about going to be a toast. toast. Fuck bagels. Or bagel. <laughs> <laughs> we both made a bagel comment.